Welcome to the Action Practice Building Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Bognar, and I help therapists fill their practices with good fit clients while strengthening their communities and holding on to their values. Therapy has the power to make the world a better place little by little, person by person, in a profound and cumulative way, and yet so many therapists are underutilized or struggle to fill their caseloads. My dream for you is a full, bustling practice that allows you to do the work you love, work with the issues you care about, and make enough money to feel relaxed and secure. I've done that for myself, and I'm here to show you how to do it too. I'm glad you're here. Let's take action together. Folks, welcome to this week's installment of the Action Practice Building Podcast. You are in for a real treat today. My guest today was Julie Mizak, one of the more exciting and unique individuals that I have ever met. Julie is a therapist and a coach who emphasizes uh, trauma-informed weightlifting and has a lot of really amazing offers. And as much discipline as it took, we're not talking about that much on this podcast. So we get a little bit into that. But the subject of today's podcast is sending out clients, referring out clients that are not a good match for you. Um, and I really like that one of uh, one of Julie's phrases is let's be badass together because truly it takes a really badass amount of confrontation of fear and a lot of getting outside of the comfort zone in order to be able to refer out clients that aren't a great fit for you. And yet it is such an important thing because clients really benefit. They have the best outcomes from therapists who are a good fit for them, therapists who know how to work with the presenting issue that they're working with um, and that are excited to see them. And so if that's you, then that's wonderful for you to work with that client. If that's not you and you're just coming from a place of scarcity or fear, and that's the way you're the reason you're taking on this new client, then I strongly urge you to build the skill set of confronting that fear and sending those clients out. So Julie and I are going to talk a little bit about that process, how we got over it, how you do it. And I hope that this gets you over the hump, if you're not there already, of being able to refer out clients that aren't a great fit for you, because I think it's such an important part of building the practice of your dreams. So have a listen and let me know what you think. Folks, welcome back to the Action Practice Building Podcast. I'm so excited today because we have a very special guest who does work like none other that I've ever heard about. Her name is Julie Mizak. She is a therapist and coach, and I'm not even going to try to act like the expert in this thing. I want Julie to tell you what she does for a living before we get into the main part of today's conversation. So Julie, take it away. Okay, here I am. I'm Julie. I've been a therapist for a very long time. And I have always had a passion for some kind of fitness. So I've grown up in the gym and became a personal trainer as a college student, brought it through. Now I'm a CrossFit coach, still doing therapy, wanted to integrate it somehow. I started weightlifting as a way to get back in shape, I guess, after having kids. Uh-huh. And um, it's only gone up from there. And now that I'm at this place in my practice, I'm integrating both of them where I have my therapy clients, but now we have some coaching clients who I'm doing some work with and we do some trauma-informed personal training, trauma-informed weightlifting, just working on our mindset, seeing how we can reconnect with who we want to be, being confident in ourselves. And one of the things I do tell all my people is weightlifting is badass. So let's all be badasses together. <laughs> let's all be badasses together. I'm sorry you already came up with that because I would have tried to steal it from you, but I'm certain that it's on some of your copy somewhere. So yes, folks right. at home, you are really lucky because I care enough about you that I asked Julie my 200 questions 
about weightlifting and the intersection of um, weightlifting and coaching and therapy before we started recording so that we could get to the heart of the matter today. But let me just tell you, the answers are interesting. And so you're going to want to talk to Julie and ask her about these things. And the, the only thing I'm going to say is like a lot of therapists talk the talk about the mind body connection, but Julie's living it. And then you add trauma into that mix. It's exciting stuff. But I'm going to leave that for your conversation with Julie. What Julie and I are going to talk about today is something that I feel really passionate about in the process of building a practice, right? So as you all know, action practice building is about building a, a successful, enjoyable, fortifying dream therapy practice. And what a lot of people think that means is taking on a ton of clients, maybe that you, that, you know, because they're available or because they can pay your fee and that don't always feel like a great fit, whether it's um, just a personality fit or whether it's a demographical fit or whether you're just not the person with that presenting issue. And yet people take this on because I think it's really scary when our, our census is down um, and our client lists are a little low, we can feel tempted to take on these clients. And so one thing that I know Julie and I both agree on is that you really have to make sure that you're taking the clients that are right for you in your practice. So that's it. I'm going to open up the conversation right now. Julie, when did you learn that it was okay to refer out clients that weren't a good fit for you? Probably like last year. <laughs> last year. Outstanding. So we're getting it fresh from somebody who is who is still in the classroom right now. Tell me about that. Um, I guess like growing, not growing up, like going through um, school and like coming out into agency work. It's like you just were giving anybody who called in, who came in and they got put on your schedule. And it's like, oh, how am I going to deal with all these different issues? Well, I got to figure it out. Right. And then now going into private practice, you're your own business owner. Like you have your own specialty. So you don't have to see everybody. And it does take a lot where it's like if your census is down, it's like, oh, I have spots to fill. I need to fill them right. with things. I feel and like, I know, you know. It was like, I got to do it. I got to do it. Like I need the money. I need the need the clients, need the people in the seats. It was probably like, maybe like a little bit before COVID, post COVID, but like really connecting with some of the people in my area where they're business owners and they're like, would you rather wait two months for your ideal client? Or do you want somebody now that's just like, eh, it's okay. Like I'll just take them and totally. I can do the best that I can. And that's the thing that I think it's really hard to foresee or to imagine when you're new in practice is that day that would come when you have a full roster, however many mm -hmm. that is, and then somebody who feels like an ideal client for you, who really wants to work on that issue that you're dying to work on calls you. And then are you suddenly going to see 26 clients after you swear yourself that you were only going to see 25 or whatever, mm -hmm. like one over your thing is. And then what if three of them call and then do you resent your current clients? It's a, it's such a rich issue, but I want to take it back to something that you mentioned that I think is really important, which is the fact that for most of us, when we're coming up in the field and we're getting our pre-licensed hours, we're often at community mental health centers and we get sort of a dealer's choice list of clients, which I actually think is wonderful. I think in that stage of our careers, I love that we have to find a way to work and to stretch out our comfort zones a little mm -hmm. bit and to get acquainted with issues that we weren't acquainted with. And I think that, I don't know if this is, I'm going to ask you in a minute, but I know for me that opened up things that I was interested in that I didn't know I was interested in. And it closed some doors on stuff that I might've thought I would be interested in and didn't ultimately care about. So I always encourage it. And I think in pre-licensed 
stage, you know, when I'm when I'm supervising pre-licensed people in community mental health, I will I will rarely, unless it's like a safety issue, really get behind a like a oh I need to refer this person out to somebody else. I yeah. feel like that's our thing to work through. But <laughs> is that your experience too? Do you do you? I mean, I'm okay if you disagree with me. Do you agree with the value of that? I don't, that you know, most definitely. Like, I totally agree with that. With it was an eye-opening experience because I had little kids. I've worked in the schools. I've worked in the agencies. I've seen the little kids all the way to like the older adults. And Mm -hmm. I've recognized who I really like to work with, who I don't like to work with. I mean, things have changed a little bit too with the specialties that I want to see now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, going through that, like it was very, it was a very good experience just seeing who was there and even having the support from my supervisors at that point in time where it's like, I don't know what to do with them. Well, I'm just getting out of school. So I shouldn't really know what to do with everybody that comes through the door anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a wonderful sort of desensitizer for that thing that I think plagues us for a lot of our career where we feel like we have to know everything and we have to be an expert. And if I'm not Bessel van der Kolk, then what business do I have teaching, you know, working with a client with trauma? It really like Mm -hmm. flies in the face of that, that good enough model that I think we should all adhere ourselves to where I don't need to be the greatest therapist that ever lived. I just really need to care about this person and do competent, safe work. Yeah. I think it really definitely comes around too, because even I've had an influx of people who I saw in my community agency now come find me in private practice. I bet. And they might not be my specialty per se now, but it's like we have that connection. So I'm not necessarily going to refer them out because I know we've done good work in the past. Yeah. And that's sort of the other side of this coin. So one side of the coin is knowing how to refer out clients that aren't a great fit for you. And the other one is knowing how to believe in your own work um, for clients that you have a really good relationship with, but that mm-hmm. where you're going to need some consultation or you're going to need, you know, need some education or where you're, you are good enough and it just doesn't necessarily fall within maybe your grander like idea of where your practice is, is going. Sorry. I, y'all can't see this at home. I do for some reason when I'm talking, I do a large globe motion with my hands consistently while I'm talking. I should put some weights in it and then I can be weightlifting yeah. while I'm talking. to. I to use my hands all the time. <laughs> Yeah, but I just don't know what this is. I don't know what the globe motion. I don't know. Am I trying to show you what the world is shaped like? It's spherical. I know that that you know that. So let me ask you. So so now that you and I are both like folks who know how and when to send clients out, how do you do that? What is your strategy for if you talk to somebody and it's like there's there's nothing other than you either don't really feel like you it's a fit and you want to work with them or you feel like I'm going to start with that. If you if it's okay. not a great fit and you don't want to work with them, how do, how do you refer out? I mean, I I have a good collection of um, colleagues and resources in my area. Like, thankfully, because I worked at the community agencies, mm-hmm. we've all kind of moved on to our private practices. Mm-hmm. So I do have a list for you know the people that I would refer out to certain with certain um, issues that they've come in with. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes, like you know, I'm on the phone. I'm like, I'm it's just not clicking. Or it's like, even if their times don't work for me anymore, I'm like, you know what? Like, it's just, I can't make it work. Like, I can't fit that 26th person into the week because there's just no time for it. Yes. Um, But I do have a good network of people. And now that even being virtual, like, (laughs) there's a lot more in the state that I've been able to connect with over the past two years that I know would do wonderful work. And they are much better trained in certain areas than me. And Mm -hmm. I will send them their names, like, in a heartbeat. So you heard it, folks. Julie is talking about 
the heart and soul of what action practice building is about. And she did this unprompted. She's just that astute to already know about it, which is having a robust network of people who you like and whose work that you like and respect to whom you can send these referral out. And let me tell you, nothing makes you look like a bigger genius than sending somebody to a, another therapist mm-hmm. who crushes it. And let me tell you, if you're not in that place yet, if you're in a place where you're still taking on clients out of fear, I urge you, send one of them to somebody else you know who is amazing. Even if it's just as an experiment, do it. And then watch what happens when a month later you hear from that person, thank you so much for sending me to Julie. She's so great. And then you'll say in your heart, you know, I did want to work with that person, but I knew Julie had this incredible trauma base. Um, and I knew that they would do really well with Julie. It It is such a satisfying feeling when you know that you're making the, mm-hmm. the practices of people who are talented, um, more successful, and you're helping these client outcomes. And I'll tell you another thing in terms of the long game for marketing our practices, remember that it can be very tempting to look at what the short-term gains are for your practice. But we also need to be playing the long game all the time. And the long game is us building our reputation out in the field as being somebody who is knowledgeable and responsible. And so I will say that, you know, people still call me. I'm full right now. People still call me and I return all of those calls and I do my best to help them find a therapist. I I called a guy yesterday and walked him through um, how to navigate the psychology today search engine so he could find something more like what he was looking for. And then I talked to him about how to um, talk to his insurance company about a super bill. And this is somebody that I'm not working with at all. But I know, number one, I want that guy to have great outcomes because I give a shit about mm-hmm. him, even though I don't know him. And the second thing is I want him to go out and say, God damn it, I didn't get to work with Nick Bogner. But when he, when I reached out to him, he still spent a few minutes on the phone with me and helped me find this next person. I can't tell you how good that word of mouth is. So sorry, that's, that's 45 yeah. minutes that's for like... me, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's really important too, because there are clients that I still talk to, whether it's like them emailing me through psychology day or like a phone call where it's like, here's a list of like three or four people that I respect in the community mm-hmm. and reach out to them, like whether they're full or not. And like most of the times like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much for doing that. Like haven't heard back from some therapists yet. Like I've called 12 of them already. So it's like they, even though we can't take them on, they see that too. And yes. they're appreciative of it. And even, you know, you might refer them out to Jill Smith and Jill sends them to you, even though you've never met her before. Like, yeah, that's totally happened too. Absolutely. I'll tell you, I had a, I had a person call me a few years ago and I, this was early in my career and they were, they kept telling me so-and-so said you were great. So-and-so said you were great. And I didn't know who the fuck they were talking about. And it was, it ended up being, and so I had to play it off. Like, I didn't want to be like, I don't know who that is. And I, I finally figured out that it was somebody in a Facebook group had recommended me to somebody else on a post. So it was a clinician I'd never met and it, and I wasn't a good fit for this client and ended up having to refer them out. But it was one of those things where I, it was really awkward to, <laughs> to deal with this wonderful, exquisite word of mouth that I'd had from somebody that I've never met before yep. or since. I've had that happen. To I'm like, who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> they really love you. I had, I know another clinician who said, um, who said there is a hairdresser. I'm in Pasadena, California. There is a hairdresser in our area and I have never met her, but for 20 years, she has been my number one referral source because one or two of my clients went to see her and said, I did a great job. And so now all day, I assume she does good job with people's hair and all day she talks about my work. And I mean, imagine the referral engine for your business Mm -hmm. being somebody that you have never met. 
Yeah. And so, I mean, and, you know, we're probably, you know, I think we're technically really not supposed to thank people anyway for referrals. We're supposed to keep it under wraps. And I do that. But, but imagine then not being able to thank that person. Imagine <laughs> walking past that storefront and knowing that there is this hairdresser who has like helped you make the down payment on your house and you can't go talk to them and thank them for that business. So this is the thing. There, are the, mm-hmm. the world of business is going on all around us all the time. And every little thing you put back out into it is a wonderful boon mm-hmm. to you and your business. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you, Julie. So you mentioned that you have you have maintained these connections with your robust network of referral therapists. How do you organize that? Like, how do you keep track? Do you keep track? How do you know who to pick from or know how to send out these referrals when they come in? I mean, it really just depends who's... So I have like a little list of like who sees like the under 18 crew, Mm -hmm. who sees like the under 10 crew um, Mm -hmm. and like keeping tabs on their practices. So, I mean, it's not like a fancy book. It's probably just like a thousand post-it notes that are put together like... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not that technologically uh, there. Um, But we also do like you know, um, I'll have a week. Well, I haven't been to it, but we have like a weekly consultation call. So like, that's like my Maryland people that I know who to refer out to, mm-hmm. um, in my area, there's not many therapists in like the town I'm in, but I know like the town over has a ton. So like just kind of maintaining some of that. Can I ask what towns those are? Cause I'm from Virginia originally. Um, I'm up in Bel Air okay. in, Hartford, in Hartford County. So like half an hour North of Baltimore. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I spent a little bit of time in St. Mary city, which I can't imagine if it's still this way, but if it's the way it was 20 years ago, it is literally the remotest place on the planet. You could be dropped down in the middle of the Atlantic ocean and you would be closer to things that you recognized and made you feel at home than you would be in St. Mary city, Maryland. (laughs) (laughs) That might be where I I supervise somebody from down there and she's like, there's nobody down here. I can't go anywhere. It's, it is like being marooned on the moon and lovely people, no complaints about the people there, but it was like, I, this was years ago in a different career. I had to work at, at the college, which literally is the only place mm-hmm. that is there. And it's like, you drive on and then the campus, it was the summer. There were like three dudes there. They were all maintenance guys. And then here, the, here's the other part. Sorry, not to go off on a tangent, but then they say like, oh, by the way, don't swim anywhere. Have you heard this? No. Because it's all, all of their waters are jellyfish infested and they're delighted about it because they're like, we don't get any tourists this way. And it's like, yeah, of course you don't get any tourists because you have fucking jellyfish (laughs) everywhere. There are more jellyfish than human beings in this municipality. I think that's a problem, but they do not. They're delighted in their isolation. They can just all go to Ocean City then. They can, exactly. (laughs) Ocean City, which, yeah, it's good that Maryland has a separate place for each of its its compartmentalized. (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, so Julie, what other thoughts do we have on the on the process or how to get over the fear of referring out clients? Like, wh- what else do we want to leave less experienced therapists with on this topic? I mean, I think it's just gonna be like it's gonna be super scary, like the first time you do it. Mm. Like, oh my gosh, I'm saying no to somebody like that could be sitting in front of me tomorrow. But you know, kind of getting over that first time doing it, I think that's gonna be the most important. Where it will be okay. Like there are gonna be other people. That will be coming behind and like we've said like do you want to work with this person be happy to see them each week that they come in or that you see them virtually versus the resentment like oh i gotta see them again like well, i could have like referred them out or it could be too late to refer them out at that point because now it's, they're just used to you and yeah, they you're bonded, come in right? and, yeah but also like you know when they have objections 
Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, well, I really liked your website. You have really good pictures. It's like, well, that's nice. Like, thank you for the compliment. But I do I put a good any- photo. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't see access to people. Like, sorry. Like, I'm not dealing with like borderline or narcissism or, yeah. you know, somebody else like is better able to handle all of your trauma or all of your kids stuff. Like, and really coming kind of so, you know, self-reflection of who do I want to see? Who do I want to help? Right. And getting to that that point in our careers where, yeah, like it's about us helping those that we can help. And that there's going to be the, all the other therapists that we know and the cat that we can look up and find in the area mm-hmm. that will be better equipped to see you. I'm I'm so glad you said that. And I I think that we really need to remember, because I think this is one of those things where we're sort of pathological helpers, therapists, a lot of the mm-hmm. time. We're like, we're at a place where, if anything, a lot of times we go overboard. And yet this is one area where I see us lean into our fear a little bit and we get to a place of scarcity or fear. And so we end up taking these clients. And I want to remind you all that like every client deserves to have a therapist who is excited to see them. And every client has deserves to have a therapist who really sees them mm-hmm. and wants to do that work with them. And, and so no blame to anybody. I've done it earlier in my career. No blame to anybody who, who takes on a client, you know, maybe that doesn't feel exactly right or that does it from a place of fear, but I want all of us to be working all the time towards that notion of really thinking, is this the right client for me? And if not, who do I know that I can send them to? Because clients mm-hmm. deserve to have therapists that are going to be a great fit for them. And, yeah. and clients won't always know as well as we do whether it's a great fit. So don't be afraid. It is going to be scary. Or do be afraid. Understand that you're afraid. Understanding that we all once were afraid of this thing. And then think about that client sitting down and the colleague and both your that client and your colleague saying, God damn it. Yes. I'm so glad that this person is here. Yeah. This is what I'm in this for, whether it's therapy or yeah. as the therapist. I think as a therapist too, it's like, it's okay. We've all had dry spells too. Like mm-hmm. this summer was rough in a way for me, but you know what? It was summertime. It was okay. But like now everything's picked up back again. Like things are buckling down. Like they're falling into place where that can be scary in the moment where it's holy shit. Like I need to find another job, yeah. but no, like hold the or pull through it, like get through it. Like, really lean in on your, you know, your supervisors, your support system, mm-hmm. the people that you trust, like have those sounding boards where, and they will tell you too, like, it will be okay. It will <laughs> be okay. I, there's a therapist I love named Holly Anderson in Missouri, who is just the smartest, most astute therapist ever. And I remember having one of these moments and she was like, Nick, if you get a vacation, take the vacation. And it was like, that. I don't know why that clicked and the 50 other things that people said to me didn't, but it was like, right. Yeah. I'm I'm going to just take the day off. And I know mm-hmm. that panicking today won't help. I will do a little networking next week if my census doesn't pick up, but then it did pick yeah. up. And it, it just, it is okay. There are plenty of clients out there for all yep. of us. And we go in waves and it's okay. And we go in waves. So if you get the vacation, take the vacation. Yep. If you get the full week where you make a ton of money and you're exhausted, then take that. Yep. Take it in stride. Lean into the fear. Give those clients what they deserve. Julie, thank you so much for being here on the Action Practice Building Podcast. I'm still learning how to say that fluidly. The Action Practice Building Podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for bringing your expertise. And now, if people, and I know they will, people have heard this conversation and they're going to say, I must know more about trauma-informed weightlifting. I must know more about Julie's coaching offerings. How can they find you? And what do you have for them to experience with you? I have a website. Um, It's 
just www.empoweredtowellness.com. Even empowered like, past tense. Yes. Empowered. Okay. And then T-O and wellness. W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S. And we'll throw those links in the description. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting. But I want to make sure they can find you. We're going to throw those links into the description of the podcast too. Sorry. You can always use the contact me, send me a, shoot me an email, call me, text me, whatever. All that information is on my website. I have Instagram that I'm starting to like go on, not consistently, but I'm trying. I'm trying. Putting all my weightlifting stuff up there. It's empowered to wellness 201. I'll give you all that information as well. Not really Many big things. on Facebook. Um, right. You can always just kind of find me on Facebook. It's just my name, um, Julie Mizak. You know, shoot me a message. I don't do TikTok. I probably should. I don't know. We'll see. see how I mean, I don't know how much. It's, <laughs> it's a I lot of work, stuff. Well, and I mean, I work in this building where we have this beautiful alleyway. And I tell you, at least once a week, I have to wait to leave the alleyway because somebody's filming a fucking synchronized dancing move in front of it and i don't want to be selfish because it is a beautiful alleyway but like how are people still enjoying watching 40 second clips of people synchronized dancing yeah, i don't know i like the dogs the dogs i'm a cat person yeah and i it's funny yeah my facebook thing is like seven thousand heart reactions to cats that i've never met um, pretty much my my i should give my own cat that much love but he doesn't deserve it mm. yeah my dogs <laughs> he's are just, wonderful mm, sometimes they're wonderful <laughs> Um, um, so I do have a program start launching in January. Um, we're going to be working on our mindset. We're going to be working on our weightlifting. So we're going to have it, um, virtually obviously because everybody's all over the place, but if you're in Maryland and Hartford County, you can always come hang out with me. Um, and we can get together. Hey, maybe someday we'll do like a weekend intensive. Having a retreat. That'd be fun. Um, that does sound fun. rent out some gym somewhere we'll go in the mountains it'll be perfect or the beach whatever we'll one of those mountain gyms that you hear about one of those gyms that's just a million miles away from from everything sure i know about those now maybe we'll go to the beach i like the beach better uh, oh yeah <laughs> um, so i will be starting a program in january it's going to be a monthly challenge so each month we'll probably do something different um if we have enough of interest we can kind of cash it out and go a little bit longer um, that's the, my intro program. Um, but just reach out to me and I can give you all the details on that. Outstanding folks, Julie Mizak, empowered to wellness. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your expertise with us. And I can't wait to connect with you at another time. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Bye now. <laughs> Bye. So there you have it folks, Julie Mizak on the topic of how to refer out clients that aren't a great fit for you. I tell you, I encourage you to get to know Julie and her offerings. She's so interesting and has so many wonderful things that you didn't even get to hear about on today's podcast with regard to the intersection between mindset, trauma, and weightlifting and fitness. I really liked what she had to say. In the meantime, I hope that you've heard this and I hope it spoke to you and I hope that you go out today and the next call that you get that doesn't feel like a perfect fit for you, that you dig deep into the list of clinicians that you care about, take a few extra minutes with this client and find them one to three, hopefully two or three really wonderful referrals of a clinician that would be great to see them, highly competent and really happy to see that person. Trust me, it's the best thing for the client's outcome. It's the best thing for your colleague's outcome, which is important. And really, believe it or not, it's the best thing for your outcome as you work towards building the practice of your dream. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you next week.